Today on Sagittarian Matters, quarantine coffee, tahini sweet potatoes, breakfast hummus, milk, and so much more with my very special Splendid Sagittarian table guest, Morgan. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the From the Sagittarian Matters Social Distancing Studio in Portland, Oregon. I'm recording this a little ahead of time. I just watched Joe Biden give his DNC speech, and can I say the thing out loud that we've all been thinking? That the United States is absolutely in the final Harry Potter book, where the Death Eaters have descended to cause eugenic chaos, and Harry and his friends are in Dumbledore's army or the Order of the Phoenix, and the world's fallen into a classist, racist, hateful fascism, and the gist of the whole book is the weapon we have is love. By the way, referencing Harry Potter is not to say that I support J.K. Rowling in any way. We all know that she besmirched his good wizarding name with her transphobic tweets, but try as I may, I cannot get the reference out of my head. Joe Biden's speech basically ended by him saying, Wands to the sky to defeat the Dark Lord with love. I mean, I'll do it. I will try my damn best to defeat he who must not be named. But I just wanted you to know that my wizard scar was burning the whole time. Okay, this week on the show, Morgan and I try TikTok coffee. Well, it's called TikTok coffee, but it has a couple other names. And a light Google brought me to its birth name, Dalgona coffee. Dalgona coffee, this is ripped from the pages of Wikipedia, first gained prominence during the social distancing orders in South Korea. And for that reason, it is dubbed the quarantine drink or quarantine coffee. Dalgona, the word, is a type of Korean honeycomb toffee. If you want to have your own taste test, you actually, if I have an idea of what honeycomb toffee is, if it is what I think it is, you can get it two places that I know of in the States and do your own um, TikTok coffee versus the actual candy it's based on. Lagusta's Luscious makes it. They call it sponge toffee or honeycomb. And um, Magpie in Los Angeles, a mostly vegan soft serve place, also has honeycomb that you can get on your soft serve. You could try those with your Dalgona coffee. See what you think. Let us know. And just so you know, since Morgan and I were so jacked on quarantine coffee and so psyched, to be in proximity with one another, we recorded another entire segment. We went over time answering vegan food advice questions and we had a dessert round. So I'll publish those in a couple weeks. In the meantime, sit tight, wands to the sky, and please enjoy my talk with friend to the show, Morgan. Morgan is a fan of salads, a friend to seeds, the former purveyor of Dovetail Bakery, and a 30-time special guest of Sagittarian Matters. Morgan joined me this week, recording through a glass door and at a distance, to try Carla Lolly sweet potatoes with tahini butter and lime, breakfast hummus, maple pecan milk, quarantine coffee, and more. Now please enjoy my talk with MVP to the pod, Morgan. Morgan. Welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Oh, it's a pleasure 
to be here. You sound so crystal clear. Can you tell me how we're talking? Well, let me describe the scene. There is a full porch between us, a deck. And I have a little outside annex table full of treats and snacks, some of which I brought, some of which you prepared. Um, and there is a closed glass door between us. I'm staring at you right now. You just made eyebrows at me. Hubba, hubba, hubba. And um, so, you know, for safety and uh, sound, I'm outside, you're inside. It's like upstairs, downstairs, but inside, outside. Okay, Morgan. Our first course today is the beverage course because everything's melting. You're sitting outside. I'm sitting inside. We're looking at each other through a glass door. The first thing we're going to try is TikTok coffee. It's called Dalgona coffee or quarantine drink. I, I am a little too old for TikTok, but I try to be up on trends, sort of, especially culinary trends that sound delicious. So what happened was Morgan, friend to the show, gave me some Cafe Bustello instant coffee packets. The recipe for this is two tablespoons instant coffee. I also have Intelligentsia instant coffee, but I'm a little bit saving it for an emergency. Instant? It's so, it's in little test tubes. It's so expensive and it's so perfect if you are stuck somewhere. Friend to the show, Danette, gave me some. That is a nice gift. Um, so it's two tablespoons sugar, two tablespoons instant coffee, your choice. It cannot be regular coffee. It has to be instant coffee. And two tablespoons hot water. And you use a mixer. Use a hand mixer like beaters. If you whisk it, it will take you forever and your arm will fall off and you'll be angry by the time it's done. But I used beaters and I beat it for like five minutes. I could have beat it even longer up to seven minutes and it gets light and airy. And then you... Well, I can tell you, I sipped and it's light and airy. Really? Yeah. It's spoon. So I got a goblet. I put some ice cubes in the goblet. I put some oatly oat milk in there. And then I spooned this airy, light, and fluffy mixture on top of it. And now we are stirring it up with our paper straw. Mm. Morgan, tell me everything. Wow. Okay. So when Nicole first delivered it, there's like a coffee colored foam on top and then like a milky coffee underneath. And it's like, um, it's like shaving cream in consistency. Maybe that doesn't sound good, but it's like really dense, like the tiniest bubbles you can imagine. So you can't even tell there's bubbles. And then like the foam tastes like coffee and then you mix it up and then the coffee tastes like coffee or the beverage portion, you know, not the snacking foam. Um, <laughs> and it's so good. It's so good. It's really sweet and it tastes really good. It's that's because it's so soft. You can't even hear the ice clinking hard. You hear it soft. This is going to get you jacked, my friend. I am already so jacked, jazzed, yazzed, yacked. I'm ready. I want everybody to know that the two tablespoons thing, that was the one recipe that I split in between us. So you could also, you could half that recipe, but I think that it would be hard to beat literally with the beaters because it would be so little. <laughs> so don't be stingy find a friend make the recipe with it's basically it was like two it was basically two instant coffee packets two sugar blotches and some hot water no problem so fun and then you'll feel like a teen too You'll feel exactly like a teen. I think I'm going to start feeling like a teen really soon. I'm going to make dance videos. Um, also, this foam is like hung out in a foamy state for a long time. Minutes. Oh, I think I gave this to you pr at least 40 minutes ago. 
Yeah, this is great. It's perfection. Morgan, what is this beverage you brought for me that you have in your little, your little thermos there? I brought in my own little thermos for COVID safety. Um, it has um, the non-dairy um, beverage name that I love to make fun of more than any other non-beverage, non-dairy beverage name, which is Malk. And it's a pecan maple Malk we're tasting today. So I've never had it. I love to make fun of it, even though I've never tasted it. So we're going to see how this goes. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, they like tell you how many ingredients, how few ingredients are in it, like two ingredients, three ingredients. And it's like this, that, and then you're done. We just made it. It was just so simple. Like sure thing. Uh huh. So we're going to try these gently milked pecans that have had maple added. I have full disclosure. I have had milk before. And I, it's okay. It's good in iced coffee, but other than that, I don't know what its purpose is. I'm going to sip it. It's a thin it's milk. Oh, it's thin. Mm. <laughs> wow. After that TikTok coffee, mage disappointment. Okay. It does taste kind of praline-y. praline mm-hmm. I don't know what the difference is in those two things. Like praline like an ice cream, like a butter pecan without the butter. It tastes like you had a, it tastes like you had a non-dairy milk with ice cubes in it. And then the ice cubes melted and you're having it out of your thermos like four hours later. Yeah. I think that, um, for whatever price this was, I have no, I can't even remember. It was like $700. Yeah. It's like about five or six, maybe $700. And, um, it's the kind of thing that's watery enough, but you just want to really chug it if you're thirsty. You're like, ooh. And you're like, that was $10 worth of chug, and I'm still thirsty. Now I need water. It does taste pretty good, though. Like, what What would you use this for? A coffee? I guess I would tea? use it for iced coffee. I would use it for iced coffee or in an iced tea, like if I wanted to have an iced tea that tasted like Ticino. I was just going to say, dare I say, Ticino. <laughs> Do you want me to make you Ticino while you're here? Or is that another day? Like, she put her hand up. Like, no, no. <laughs> Let's make it through our snacks and then uh, do a check-in round. Okay. Okay, right, so, so I think it tastes good. Would I ever buy it again? Malk. It is a Simpsons reference, if that's helpful to know. Is it? There's an episode of The Simpsons where I can't remember if it's... I'm getting it confused. I know that there was an episode where they realized that the milk they were... I think it was the milk that they were giving the kids in the cafeteria was called Malk. Because it wasn't quite milk. And maybe they discovered that it was milk from rats. Oh, my God. I don't even remember this reference, but it also reminds me. When my sister was in school, maybe elementary or otherwise, they had a project where they had to, like, remake packaging for something. And she made a milk package, but it was, like, in a pyramid. And it was, like, all these alternative milks, one of which was rhino milk. I don't know even know. <laughs> and like mouse and all this stuff or whatever. We had it around the house for so long. This like hand-drawn child, like colored pencil package of a pyramid that was, um, you know, like maybe a lot of boobs drawings or whatever with like milk coming out and uh, rhino milk. Milk. Just oh. kidding. It was milk. I, I mean, I, I would try any. Not, no milk is grosser than any other. No mammal milk is any grosser than any other mammal milk. It's hard for me to remember that a rhino is also a mammal because of their skin. Weird. I, good on you, sis. Yeah. I just want to say for the listeners that we both showed up today wearing denim overalls. There you go. 
Okay, so it's, a, it's that time of year. So thumbs up, thumbs down for the beverage round. You know, I would say both thumbs up. Would buy again. There's only one, and that's TikTok coffee. I'm gonna give thumbs up TikTok coffee. Thumbs down to milk. Because you know what? I have maple syrup and I can just buy a different milk that costs a normal price and stir the maple syrup into it if that's what I want. Thank you so much. Also, then you're buying plastic packaging. And also, how many pecans are actually in this milk? Four? Five. I can just eat a pecan and drink some water. I'm fine. (laughs) Thanks, Morgan. Hey, thanks, Nicole. Sipping on my coffee. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. The straw didn't give me enough, so I had to go for the glass. Goblet. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Maria Turner Carney, Emily Helmus, Grace Lambert, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Herod, Mary Pinson, Michelle Lemoyne, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, especially producer Chris Sutton. Please send $5, $5 million, that's your choice, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet like the insect, leg like its appendage at gmail. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo, Hell Books, on Venmo. That's H-E double hockey sticks books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared, that's just Ponyo's voice. We want to give a special shout out this week to Sagittarian Test Kitchen sous chef Kaya Wilson for preparing the tahini sweet potato for us to try. Thank you, Chef Kaya. We appreciate your support. It's the tahini round. Uh, uh, aren't they all tahini rounds? Aren't they all tahini rounds? In my dreams. Okay. The first, re- okay, I have to say, the first thing we're going to try is a recipe that was sent to me by my friend, Wansi, who may or may not be a friend of the show. He's a friend to me. And it is, because he knows that I am a big tahini fan, tahini fan 69 is my handle. Uh, <laughs> he sent me a recipe from New York Times Cooking for a tahini lime butter sweet potato. Mm. I, I can tell you that they look elegant. This elegance and plating has been brought to you by friend of the show, sous chef Kaya Wilson, who did a lot of the preparation for this. I mean, pure elegance. Can you describe what you're looking at? It is like a sweet potato split in two lengthwise, flipped open, smushed a little, but not a lot, and then drizzled smothered with a tahini sauce and then topped with sesame seeds that look like a combination of raw and toasted they've all been toasted sesame double threat Mm -hmm. Mm. and lime wedges squeeze a little lime on there if you got it and lime wedges squeezing so squeezed the tahini sauce is tahini soy sauce lime juice uh, oh, Miyoko's butter. What? Eating right now. And this has been hand whisked for us. And these sesame seeds have been toasted. Can you mm. make a noise to go with that hand motion? <laughs> Fist 
You gotta be quiet. <laughs> Our Victorian overseers would not be happy <laughs> with our close physical proximity. It's so good. It's like really savory. There's something. Is it just pepper? Is there something mm-hmm. on top that's just pepper? The pepper tastes so good because I think it's complemented by <clears throat> sweet and kind of rich. Something kind of smoky. What else is on there? There's something on there that I can't quite figure out. And it tastes good. <laughs> oh, maybe it's just a toasted seed. <laughs> I think the toasted sesame seeds add the toastedness of the sesame seeds. There's something about this that's really like putting them on display. Yeah, it's a real showcase. It is like a high kicker. High stepper. Mm. I love this recipe. It, you know... Though I though I had a sous chef assisting, it was very easy looking to do, to just like make the sweet potatoes. And this is something that would be so easy if you're a meal prepper, if you're a prepper, and you want to just I. So the recipe said to boil the sweet potatoes, but I think that's bullshit because the photo that came with the recipe, the sweet potatoes were obviously baked. Um, and I think that that would add one more layer of like wonderful sweetness to the skin of the sweet potato, also known as a yam. If you're wondering what you could use a white sweet potato or an orange yam, we use yams for this. Mm. This is, um, <clears throat> we clearly are psychically connected in this way because the hummus, sorry, spoiler alert, there's hummus. The hummus that I brought was. I'm always trying to figure out what to eat for breakfast or something in the morning because I'm not really interested in eating and everything seems to be sweet or eggs. And sometimes you don't want sweet and I definitely don't want eggs. And so um, I was watching a cooking show and they were like, breakfast hummus. It's actually how hummus is eaten a lot of the time. And I was like, oh, what a great idea. I'm going to try it. And this would be a great breakfast, a savory breakfast Mm. snack. You know what I mean? It's like hearty, but not like overly so there's no grody tasting eggs um and you could like eat half come back to it later eat some later eat it for lunch pair it with a salad never heard of it this is so good i'm really jamming on mine oh my god mine's almost gone i mean i gotta tell you i would have this i don't even think i would drizzle this with maple syrup because i'm re i'm letting the lime and the tahini it's just such a good combination of fat and salt and acid and sweet, like that that vortex of goodness. It's so delicious, but I would have it with some spinach. I don't know what I would do to the spinach, but it just makes me want to comfort my mouth even more with just like a very nice soft green that I don't have to work too hard to chew. <laughs> you can just swallow swallow a whole parcel of some cooked spinach well i just want to say like you know we're in an election year it's going to be tough out there be gentle with yourself you don't need to do all that hardcore kale chewing make yourself a nice soft green that melts in your mouth this is really melting your mouth it is really true and i agree um also really great at room temp i would eat this cold would eat hot all temps all meals it's maybe a hard sell for dessert but maybe not if you subbed out the um Soy sauce with something sweet. Maple syrup. <clears throat> elegant as hell dessert. Oh, yeah. This is 
so good. This is like 12 thumbs up for me. I would pay a lot for this at a restaurant. If this was at a restaurant, this would be my favorite dish from that restaurant. If the potato itself was cooked in a different way, if the potato, if like the skin was crispy in a way that I was like, I can't do this at home. How am I supposed to figure out this magic? I would pay a lot for this in a restaurant. Yeah, I definitely would. And in fact, I've paid more for things that tasted way less good in restaurants. Um, <laughs> like there's the cooking technique, which I've never done, but it, it seems really sort of fancy and like you've got a crispy skin which is that salt baked like covered in salt or something and you bake a thing i don't know again have never tried but it looks really like uh high drama you like uncrust the salt and the crispy thing emerges but um maybe maybe we could try hi listeners it's me nicole If you would like to support me and Ponyo, in particular our comics and animal illustrations, go to patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. And for as little as $2 a month, you can have access to hundreds of pages of otherwise unpublished diary comics. For the price of one cold brew plus tip, you can become an honorary Sagittarian. And for the price of two vegan cupcakes or two vegan donuts, you can become a Ponyo's Friend Club member, at which point you really start raking in goods, including new buttons. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. Tahini Part 2 directly from your kitchen is a breakfast hummus. A breakfast hummus, which is not really different than any other hummus per se. Sorry about the crows. I remember you mentioning them, and they're really... uh... They're getting in on the action right now. If you need to tell them to stop cawing, they're used to hearing that. Stop cawing. Um, so this hummus was, let's see, the recipe was from, they're not the originator of hummus. Just, <laughs> you know, obviously we all know that you guys, we invented hummus. Um, that show called Milk Street, it's like the America's Test Kitchen, Christopher Kimball, it's like a spinoff show, it's like a new show. It is just very bland and very geared towards sort of like this audience that is like maybe sort of Bostonian. I think they're in Boston and it's like, like he hates spice. He's like, that's too wild for me. There's like coriander in it. Oh my God. (laughs) It's it's, it's like everything is blanded down to the most kind of white Boston palette. I don't know what Boston's like, but like, anyway. Um, so, okay, all of that aside, so this hummus is, I'm sure, just something that they learned somewhere else and then made it into a show with measurements. But the concept is you cook the beans and then you process them or puree them for like three whole minutes so the beans get fluffy, which seems like too long. Then you add like a hell of tahini and you process that for another like two minutes, which also seems too long and like maybe too much tahini, but it gets really fluffy. And you're supposed to reserve some beans and put them on top for presentation, which I didn't do. I spilled them down the sink instead by accident. And um, then you can top it with whatever you want. But there's no garlic added in the beginning. There's no... I know. Come on. There's no oil in it. It's just mostly beans and tahini and salt. And then I topped it with a little bit of sumac and olive oil. All right. And... Okay. I just... I think it's like a cup of dried beans and a three-quarters cup tahini it's like a lot of tahini i'm gonna let all my biases be known which i feel apprehensive about no garlic or oil i I feel apprehensive and i did grow up 
in a Syrian and Lebanese uh, extended family cooking household for breakfast, eating not hummus per se, but like tahini with olives and flatbread or cheese and olives and flatbread were part of breakfast always. So I'm familiar with the Middle Eastern breakfast treat, but I do, I do have some misgivings about the, the no oil or garlic. It's not even like to be no oil or no garlic. It's just part of the process. And it is surprisingly good. What is your take? I'm absorbing. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I think you really taste the tahini. Which, you know, I'm, I'm, I like that. I like I'm tahini. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sumac is old. You can't taste it. The texture is like really thick and fluffier than any hummus I've ever made in my life. It is fluffier as opposed to creamier. And that is the oil, I think. And the amount of time you spent whipping. This is a really whipped day. It is. It's all about air. Mm. Mm. You know, I don't dislike this, but I would like to add some more oil and garlic. I did give it a healthy oil drizzle at the end. I liked that drizzle. I would add garlic. I would add garlic. Hmm. It feels to me, it tastes non-offensive and your garbanzo beans taste really good. Thanks. I do cook them from dry, not to brag. Go ahead. I do cook them from dry, not to brag. Your garbanzo beans taste really good. The tahini in it tastes really good. It's letting the tahini really strut its stuff. Mm, Yeah. It's doing a prance. It has has like a nice earthy mouthfeel. Like, would you call this a great jumping off point? Yes. I would call that a great jumping off point. To me, this is a recipe. And I would add topping beans and I would eat this for breakfast. (laughs) What would you, so I don't know if people are familiar with flatbread. If you're not, if there's any kind of like Middle Eastern bakery near where you live or whatever, it's like, it's not pita bread. It's flat. It's like, I guess some people call it lavash maybe. It's like an unleavened bread that's like a sheet. It's like a old ladies make it. And it's a big, flat, soft, very soft disc that's probably as big as almost a tablecloth for a small table. And then you just rip off bits of it and then you can dip it really easily in whatever or use it to like grab. Almost like, it's almost like the Syrian or Lebanese version of injera where you can just grab shit with it with your hands and that I think would be delicious with this for breakfast. It's like the utensil and the food, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is so, so smart. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to try breakfast hummus this month and I'll let you know what variations I come up with because you never know. You never know. Also like here in Portland, it's still a very bountiful time for, growing things tomatoes you may have heard of tomatoes you guys have ever mm. heard of tomatoes mm-hmm. yeah cukes all that jazz and um so you know maybe there's a, a, a preserved lemon <gasps> or like a garlic uh, what about a candied garlic that sounds gross but like pickled know, garlic a honey marinated yeah for breakfast i don't know we're gonna try it let's get experimental i should you know <clears throat> not that we can ever beat it we could eat like this far apart from each other but I would be happy sometime to make you a little Lebanese breakfast spread situation. Basically, I had a Lebanese step-grandmother. I'm not Lebanese. I had a Lebanese step-grandmother who was married to my Syrian grandfather, and that's where we got all this Lebanese food. But I would love it. I could, but we could have, you know, some kind of, like, vegan 
cheese that's similar to whatever the cheese was and then we could have some kalamata olives that like we Ooh. cure ourselves you're good at making olives um great i love an olive flatbread they would have an egg or but they would have like a tomato thing or a cucumber salad uh I love the cucumber salad so much and I mean, to make it protein heavy on my end, the thing that replaces cheese, we could have a like a vegan cheese, but we could also have um, like a kind of like a chunky tofu, like a spiced tofu that had some kind of uh, spices in it. Like, um, what is that like that's on Manakish? Um, what's the, I can't remember what the sprinkle is called, what that particular spice sprinkle is called that they put on top of the little tiny pizza at Nicholas's. Anyway. Is that hard? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can have like za'atar tofu. Ah, uh, let's do it. Consider you that. Make a little vegan cheese if we wanted, like a strained cashew. Now you guys are just listening to us brainstorm. Oh hey, Morgan. Two things yeah. while we're here. Um, well, one thing is I want to say I used to be in charge of making hummus. You may not know this. I was in charge of making hummus at a place called Limbo, which was a fruit market, and they had a snack counter and a juice bar. And so I made hummuses and I would make a sun-dried tomato hummus, of course, but I also would make a basil hummus. I was, yeah, it's the easiest thing in the world. Let's do it. Some pickled onions on top. (gasps) Savory breakfast. So this solves the problem that I have had for a long, long time because even pre-vegan, even pre-vegetarian, I've never really liked eggs. I'm pretty much universally, maybe not universally, but in a very predominant way, people love eggs, especially for breakfast. And so unless you're eating an egg for breakfast, the options are very much that like second tier or like pancakes, which I love, but sometimes you just, you know, you can't do a pancake tower. And so a savory hearty breakfast option, voila, thank you, Nicole Georges, is a nice big flat bread, which I love, hummus, olives, pickled onions, everything else let's pickle everything and we'll eat it for breakfast you get your digestive tract off to a good start for the day you know i love that i just you know i mean i for people that haven't already thought of this free your mind about what breakfast is i think we've talked about breakfast soup before we may have talked about breakfast salad i don't know but i remember going to cafe vita when i in the early 2000s and part some of their scrambles for vegans had like cauliflower or broccoli in it and i was like what the fuck is the matter with these people putting inappropriate <laughs> vegetables in a breakfast scramble? You know what? I'm the one with the problem. I'm the one that had to free my mind and just get into it. Be like, you know what? I'm having a scramble that includes cauliflower and cabbage first thing in the morning. Okay. Okay. Here I am. Anything could happen. This is like theme for the day for me, maybe for longer than the day, but like strongly today, I'm going to propose this to everyone, which is that like, we're really hung up on prescriptive ideas and maybe we just need to start living more in the descriptive. And so breakfast along these lines, literally you eat in the morning. It is breakfast period. End of story. Like eat whatever you want. So, um, and also in recipes, it's sort of like we're, especially with social media when there's like a picture of a thing and everyone's trying to achieve the picture of the thing and everyone's like focused on this one singular image that may or may not taste like shit but you want your thing to end up looking like the thing that's in the picture. And like, that's not really how food works. And especially like, you know, 
if you're focused on how it tastes at all, not all of the best tasting things look that good. So I'm really going to explore descriptive food and um, make a thing and then be like, do I like this? What does it taste like? And then just go from there. It's just an experiment for fun. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.